What up, Jesse? What up, Kev? Welcome back. Welcome back, indeed. And welcome back to everyone listening and watching. Welcome back to At The Table. Hmm? Been a pretty good week so far. Yeah. I don't know how many people know, but we're leaving soon. Yeah, we are leaving soon. Like, um, by the time well, they listen to this episode, right, we'll be kind of traveling? Oh, no. For, yeah, the day that this comes out, we'll be on a plane. Yeah. We can't, but I don't want to, like, spill the beans, because then if we try to put, well, I guess we can spill the beans. Tell them we're traveling. They'll yeah, find we're out traveling. where we're at. Yeah. Yeah. We're not going to say the destination yet, but this yeah. is going to be an amazing trip. This is one I've been looking forward to probably then. I don't, yeah, I don't think, even more than Madagascar. Yeah. I love I it think. too because it's like people aren't gonna be able to guess. Yeah, they're not gonna be able to guess this one. <laughs> and I'll give a hint though. This is if you're African American, um, this is probably about as close to our version of a Mecca mm-hmm. you can possibly get. That's true. I feel like that's so true. It, <laughs> it, I'm gonna it's gonna it's gonna put you in the realm. But mm-hmm. the stuff that we get to do on this trip, I, we've never done before, mm-hmm. and um, it's just gonna be an amazing time. I'm I've been thinking about it, like how emotional. It may be, well, just even reading about some of the things, just like, oh man, this is. There'd be some hefty moments. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> that's oh. for sure. So, I guess with that, what made you happy this week? <laughs> Packing for this trip? <laughs> yeah. I mean, prepping for the trip definitely made me happy. Um, the other thing that made me happy, though, is uh, the fam and I joined the YMCA. So, got a little family gym membership now. So, uh, we've been a couple times uh, in the last week since we joined, and it's just been a good time. Like, the kids get, we get to drop them off. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that made me happy was um, getting to play basketball. <laughs> and uh, I was like, ooh, what's going to happen? This is all these young, young bucks and still in high school or maybe first couple years of college. And, Did you get them? Uh, oh, Did you get them, Jesse? Did you get them? Yep. <laughs> Came in there all unsuspecting in my running shoes, didn't even have hooping shoes on. And they're like, oh, yeah, sure, we'll pick you up. <laughs> Woody Harrelson. This is, this yeah. is what even white man can do. <laughs> yeah, but that's how it goes, you know. So <laughs> it was a good time. Though. I told Abby, I was like, it was just different. Like, I remember playing, because this is literally the same YMCA that I played in um, in high school, yeah. in college. Like, we're there every single day. Um. And so to come back, I was like, yeah, it's a different style of game now. Before, you know, I could keep up speed-wise. Can't do that anymore with these high school kids. But they're not as strong as I am. So right. that makes a big difference. That's right. <laughs> use that Use that man weight. Got that dad strength. Yeah. Just, uh, uh. <laughs> right. Hey, I'm all about humbling him. That's right. I mean, you, you know, you need to do, I, just yeah. don't, I just don't want to go pulling a hammy like you Yeah. Did. I'm I mean, not, I went I'm all not trying to run and keep up with these kids. Yeah. I mean, it, it could happen mm-hmm. because, because uh, let me tell you, you get hurt doing basic stuff. Yeah. Just jumping. Yeah. <laughs> Bending yeah. down. Oh, man, all, all the joints today are yeah. a little kind of like, ooh. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> to that end, I started, um, one thing that made me happy was just getting back into working out. Yeah. Um, a lot more because my hamstring is feeling better. Mm-hmm. So one of my um, inspirations has always been Brian Shaw, who's mm-hmm. like, he, mm-hmm. have you seen him? Yeah. He looks at the size of that refrigerator. Pretty right? much. Like, he's just massive. Yeah. And so- he had these like fat bills, which I also have. Mm-hmm. They just they wrap around your arm. Or, I'm sorry, well, they wrap around your hand, so they look like just like what is it, Mega Man? Remember that back in the day? Yeah, yeah. So and he was just throwing them up and doing this stuff. So I'm like, I'm gonna do that as part of my hit. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do that, mm-hmm. man. I um I did that, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> and I th- I mean, 
they look big on his hand. Mm -hmm. So I'm pretty sure his were but around. His hands probably like you yeah. know, the size of my head. They are. Yeah. No, literally. Yeah. So I'm I'm like, oh, he's probably throwing around like yeah. 90 pounds a piece on those things, yeah. right? And he's just going on his legs and throwing them up and doing like that. So I have some. Mm -hmm. um, and my middle pair is like 45 pounds. So I'm like, mm -hmm. I can do this. So what I would do is I'd run, sprint a little bit on the treadmill, hop off, and then do five sets of 10 and, yeah. you know, for each minute on the minute. I only lasted two rounds. Supposed to be doing like three to five. I only lasted two. When I tell you, I have been so sore. <laughs> like I thought, I was like, man, did I fall? I literally woke up. I'm like, did I fall? I'm literally, I'm seriously, I'm going through the day. I was like, maybe I fell again. When did I fall? When did I trip? Yeah. Like, what's going on? I was like, was that seven minute workout this? <laughs> And it was. So, um, oh boy, happy to be back, but I'm also, you know, it was like a little bit sore, but that's also the indication that, all right, Kevin, you're doing, you're doing something. You got the muscle stimulated. So mm -hmm. if anything, it's motivation for me to keep going with it. And that, um, that, that was good, but yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm aging and that's okay. Yeah. That is a wonderful thing. Gotta accept it. It's okay. That's right. It's quite all right. You do it like I used to, but I'm still doing something, right? Oh, I do. Here's one more funny story from the gym. A lot happened yesterday. <laughs> we finished playing a game and this kid, he walks kind of over towards Abby. Abby was sitting on the bleachers mm -hmm. watching us play and he said something to her. Mm -hmm. And all his friends started laughing. Bro, what are you doing? Oh my God, stop. stop. He's trying to like, okay. He hit on Abby. And so I walked up real swiftly to him and pushed him in his chair. I was like, hey, that's my wife you're talking about. Uh, he got real serious that like, fear of God moment where he was like, oh my God, are you serious? I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Don't you? And I was just like, I'm just kidding, man. But seriously, don't. Don't. Cause I never say that again. No. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what did he say to Abby? He said, he, he called He's uh, he was just saying like, Hey, what's up? Beautiful. Like something like that. Like trying to hit it. And Abby, she had her headphones. It was on her phone and she just looked up and kind of like waved. Hey, back she doesn't down. know what he's saying. She didn't, hear, didn't even know what he said. <laughs> she had no idea what was happening, but the kid, the kid's Face is what got me. Yeah, that was that total like, uh oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so that what was that? It was, what was that? Um, <laughs> was that the Dave Chappelle comedy intro? And at this point, mm -hmm. he knew that he effed up. You yeah, know, like yeah. <laughs> it pauses. <laughs> yep, when keeping it real goes wrong. Yep. <laughs> so that was entertaining. <laughs> that's good, man. Humble it, humbling Gen Z in any way we can. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I have three big things to talk about mm -hmm. that I thought people should should know about. One is about ChatGPT. We talked about that last Continue last on. week, and I thought it was, was hey, this is a pretty cool application of it mm -hmm. because I think some people may have been kind of iffy, yeah. even myself. Mm -hmm. So I just want to show you how they're using that technology. Another one that I think that deals with a whole lot of people that maybe listen to this with their parents and Alzheimer's. Okay, that, that we should know about some of the leading research. Okay. And the last one said, I want to really unpack that one. So I'm going to substitute my time for my rant for that one. So that okay. way it's not too long. But I think okay. this is, I have to have some time to build it because okay. it's a really good one. So let's start out first with the chat GPT AI mm -hmm. and machine learning. So what they're doing right now is they are finding out a way to um, stimulate people's brains that are that have either Parkinson's or, or dystonia hmm. and using AI to do that. Now, historically, what they've done is that a doctor has to go in there 
and they will using the MRI stuff mm -hmm. to look at different parts of the brain and to stimulate. And it's those stimulation things that are actually going to help some of the abnormal patterns and the functions of the brain okay. um, function normally, right? Mm -hmm. So it's this process is really like labor intense. They have to kind of find it and, you know, and, um, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. It's been used for not only for Parkinson's and dystonia, but also for depression and OCD. Mm -hmm. um, but it just takes up a lot of time. And also there's a, you know, the error and whatnot. But mm -hmm. the good thing about this, before we get into the AI por portion of this, is that if it doesn't work, it's it's reversible. So they can take out the, the um, electrodes, I think, that are put mm -hmm. on there and they can be turned on and off. Wow. So it's not something that's going to be permanent to people. Mm -hmm. And this this whole deep stimulation process is called a neurostimulator. And it's like these... what Elon's trying to do, basically. Oh, is like that the Neuralink stuff? Have you heard of that? No, maybe so. So it's basically something that would be implanted into your brain, and they think it's a way to like cure paralysis or stuff like that, where the the computer processing is getting fast enough to where it could compete with the human brain and how it works. So they think there's a way to like the example of being paralyzed, like you'd be able to walk again kind of thing. Yeah. Well, then this would be tangential to that thing. But what I thought was interesting is how they're using AI to go and do that. So, um, you know, like two ways is is um, using it for targeting. Yeah. You know, localization of that. So being able to like with machine learning and all the processing of other, you know, past data, mm -hmm. um, having the computer be able to go in there better um, because of um, increased modeling from the MRI stuff, yeah. they can go in there and they could target which parts of the brain to stimulate. So it can be a little bit more accurate that way. Wow. Yeah, right. <laughs> now there'll still be that person like involved, but um, but just using the ongoing like, research mm -hmm. and um, and that to, to be able to do that, I think that would be, mm -hmm. that's pretty cool. And I think, again, the mitigating factor there is that they can turn, the, turn them on and off. So it doesn't yeah. always have to be permanent. Yeah. So if it's not getting intended results or it has a negative effect, yeah. they can always turn them off. But since, since there is like machine learning, mm -hmm. if it's improving, then also the AI can improve the, yeah. you know, the targeting and localization, um, which leads into the second thing is how they can use AI to program the machine mm -hmm. to do it seamlessly. Mm -hmm. And so what they did was they took this group of um, patients with Parkinson's um, and they used all their MRI data mm -hmm. and they were able to predict the optimal stimulation parameter okay. for those patients. Mm -hmm. So they took that and they applied it to, to another group mm -hmm. and seemingly worked a little bit well okay using ai technology to go and do that so, and so um they said that even though it's not like a hundred percent you know like it's great because some patients may need like a little bit more if the disease progresses um the whole promise of it is the machine learning mm. and that it could enable a much more complex parameter adjustments yeah so in this scenario i think that you know, if we're iffy about, oh, we don't want to really control, I think there is there is some benefit to that just because mm -hmm. we want the, the machine is using information um, to, you know, like to make its decisions. Mm -hmm. And the more info it has, better it's going to be. Yeah. yeah. Um, which also kind of leads me into this other part I kind of was, you know, thinking about mm -hmm. how some of the, you know, the people who have been most critical of mm -hmm. chat GPT and AI have been the ones who have created it. And they talked about the machine learning that like mm -hmm. it's, 
Basically, they made it sound like, what is that movie with Will Smith, iRobot? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden, a flip of the switch is going to happen. And, and they run they everything. Turn, yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, well, how far down this rabbit hole of machine learning are they going to no, go? No. But as long as there can be the human interaction to turn stuff on and off, I think it should be okay. When can it no longer be unplugged? That's what I want to know. Like, because that's the thing. It still needs a power source, right? Yeah. Like a computer still has to be plugged into something to run so for the time it being. Create itself. But that's what I'm like, saying. Like, well, if it has some self-sustaining energy source or finds a way to always feed itself power, then that then we're screwed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then we're back at square one. Yeah. Then you know, we're fighting robots. <laughs> oh, okay. Next thing, Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. I think this is something that affects many people. It's just growing. Mm -hmm. um, and especially with our age group, you know, I think we're getting into the point where our parents are getting a little, getting a little bit older. Yeah. Um, and they're experiencing some health, you know, related issues and things like this is just a lot more common these days. But what I found was most promising about this is that um, before they've been using the gut microbiome to predict a whole lot of stuff like yeah. um, depression, acne digestive issues, even inflammation in the body. But there is preliminary evidence right now to find a link between gut biome and Alzheimer's. Yeah. So they were doing a couple um, studies uh, because this is the, did you know that dementia is the seventh leading cause of death? No. Seventh? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And Alzheimer's disease, like about 60 to 70% 60 of those cases are like dementia cases in 80 um Man. And 80 patients. I didn't know Man. that. I was like, that is, that's a lot. Which is why I found this article really intriguing. Like, mm -hmm. this is affecting a whole lot of people. Yeah. Um, but well, what they were doing is they, they did some of these cross-sectional studies in which they were getting the microbiome from people mm -hmm. who had AD and people who did not. And they were looking at some of the, and what I should say is the preclinical AD. So okay. it's maybe just not there, but they've got some of like the genetic markers mm -hmm. in order to have AD. So they're predisposed to it. And they were looking at some of the microbiome. And so they found some of some, some like, you know, relationships and some differences there. Mm -hmm. um, and so they can't for sure say that some of the microbiome changes in the gut are causing dementia mm -hmm. or, or the other way around. But they did notice some of these differences. And so what they're doing now is they're commissioning a lot more studies yeah. to find out if there is some type of causal relationship in microbiome and dementia and AD. Yeah. Because then it can be a better predictor and then also it can help people to safeguard like mm -hmm. this why they're telling you to eat certain foods if you're depressed and, you mm -hmm. know, or if you have acne, whatnot, because of what it does inside the micro and in, inside of your gut. Hmm. So okay. gut health becomes really important, which just kind of underscores everything we do. Yeah. Like what you eat is important. <laughs> yeah. What you put in the body. Yeah. It's what you get to get out. And this kind of leads into the other article that I want to really just unpack for everyone, because I think that in me sharing this article and there was another one, there's another one that I was going to share today. And it mm -hmm. says like the overuse of marijuana is linked to surgery complications and death. Okay. We hear these headlines, right? Mm -hmm. And what happens? We're like, Oh, we gotta, we gotta start doing this. We gotta stop doing that. We can't eat this anymore. We can't eat that. And it's something that I've been chewing on for, for a minute now, I'm just like, when I go on social media and people are posting things mm -hmm. and saying, you shouldn't be eating this, it's because this study says yeah. blah, blah, blah. And I remember on, on, my, on my book tour, um, one thing that I had in there, this is back in 2018, at every stop, 
I wanted to touch on the fact of like, be careful of what you are reading. Yeah. Because I think there's a lot of fear and phobia around food when there's not like a lot of evidence. Mm -hmm. And I gave this, um, this example when like, um, there was that Mountain Dew drink out there. First off, no one's saying that you should be drinking soda, soda and beverages and stuff like that. But there was this competitor to Mountain Dew is called Surge. Yeah. You remember Surge? Oh, yeah. It was, for all you young kids, it was huge. Before, like, energy drinks were a thing. Right. Surge was it. That's what you were taking. Yeah. It was, like, <laughs> it was amazing, right? It tasted great. It was a little bit more sugary than Mountain Dew. It was more vibrant, too, in the color. It was, like, mm -hmm. a bright yellow neon. Mm -hmm. So, you're basically drinking science, but it was great science. Delicious science. Yeah. Yeah. And um, then an article came out and said, it shrinks your balls. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you remember that? You, <laughs> I have never seen a brand tank so fast. <laughs> yep. Everyone's like, you drinking that, man? Like, man, it shrinks your balls, bro. You got to be careful. <laughs> and everyone just stopped drinking it. And then once you kind of dove a little bit deeper into that, it was like, and I'm, I'm going to get this wrong, but it was like some wild amount of consumption. Like yeah. if you're drinking like close to like a gallon a day for this many days, I'm like, well, who is drinking that? Yeah. Who is, but. The article was what mm -hmm. is linked to yep. shrunken testicles, which is all we see these days. Yeah. Fear. Videos yeah. and articles like that. And it's surrounding telling you not to have so-and-so because it'll do this. Yes. And when you have people that look at it by the actual numbers, most of the time it is something like that. Like where, what's one I saw really, don't eat Cheerios. Oh God. Because yeah. there's carcinogens in them. Well. There is. This is, this is a great. Segway to Perfect. this article. Yeah. So this article, you all, I encourage everyone to go and read it because she just does such an excellent job of breaking this down. Yeah. It is by an author, well, not an author, but, uh, but a journalist, uh, Amanda Mole, mm -hmm. and she writes for The Atlantic. Now, The Atlantic is a premium publication, so you mm -hmm. do need to be subscribed, but they have a trial period. Yeah. The article is called Being Alive is Bad for Your Health. Mm -hmm. It is worth you Ooh. signing up to read... <laughs> Love that. Just to read it. Yeah. <laughs> so let me just kind of walk you through the framework of it and then we'll just unpack it okay. because it's, it's a great article to unpack. So she talks about how she grew up loving Diet Coke, right? She would have one all the time and yada, yada, yada. And then, um, and so and she even got it for like a birthday and like Christmas gifts and stuff like that because yeah. she, yeah, she really loved it. And then she heard, started to hear all these things about people who gave up the diet drinks and they experienced like better sleep and better skin and better energy, right? So she just decided to try it too, right? So she, um, because, you know, all this stuff was coming out. And so she, um, on, like on a whim, she decided to start drinking seltzer. So mm -hmm. La Croix, whatever it's called, however you yeah. say that, yeah. things like that. And so um, she was like, you know, it's not so bad. And... What I realized is that I just like the, you know, how it was cold and it was, you know. Yeah, that refreshing spritzy, cold. Spritzy. Yeah. Spritz. You yeah. just love that, yeah. right? And so she was like, all right, I want to have all these other health benefits. Mm -hmm. To her surprise, that stuff didn't really come, right? But um, she said maybe if there's anything, there was like a difference in the caffeine because, you know, that stuff has caffeine. And she said, yeah. but that was, but that was it. But she didn't experience all these other things. So, so why this is important, the context that she's bringing up is that by the time this podcast comes out on um, July 14th, the World Health Organization, they have a, they have a committee there, an agency mm -hmm. there. It's called the International Agency for Research on Cancer. Mm -hmm. They are going to be declaring on July 14th that mm -hmm. aspartame, a sweetener used in Diet Coke, mm -hmm. 
um, is possibly carcinogenic to humans. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's so much to unpack just there in this, in this proclamation, right? Because she's, and maybe you felt this way too, that there's so many things we got to worry about. Yeah. You can't eat. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to you got to stay away from fake sweeteners, from real sugar. Wine is bad now. Butter and she's mm-hmm. making all these cases, and I'm like, yep, not in my head. Coffee, mm-hmm. fat, everything, yeah. vegan food, you know. And she says that the issue with that is that the more warnings they are there are out there, the less actionable things we have yeah. to actually go to do to safeguard. And so, except that you just start feeling bad about what you're eating, mm-hmm. which Linked to social media, that's what happens. Yeah. In fact, can I just do like a little quick tangent uh-huh. for a second? Please do. There was a fitness influencer that I follow, um, this this woman, and she's very popular. Mm-hmm. And um, she is very, very, very thin. Mm-hmm. She was not always like that. And I want to point that out because I think that's, a, that's important. And so a lot of women scribe to look like that. Yeah. And I'm talking about rib thin. Yeah. Whatever. It's your thing. He gets on there and she's like, the first thing, let me tell you one thing that I will never buy from any grocery store. And she goes and she pours out this orange juice. Oh, no. And it's like, I will never buy this. This is so processed and there's so much sugar. Y'all, look at it. This is 24 grams of sugar in one cup of orange juice. It's just not good for you. I mean, you'd be better just eating an orange or, and plus, whenever you, you know, they make this stuff, actually the heat process takes out all the nutrients. So no, don't buy this at all. And it was a brand that said like no sugar added, but she was saying that. And I was thinking like, see, this is why you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Honestly, uh-huh. because, and I went and did this and I wasn't going to send it to her, but I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that behind the scenes. But mm-hmm. it's like, Kevin, let me just go ahead and look this up. So I use a USDA thing to calculate all the calories and macros for things, yeah. right? So when you squeeze an actual orange juice, Mm -hmm. an orange, right? One orange has about eight grams of carbs, eight grams of sugar, right? It's one. Just one. Yeah. How many do you need for a cup? Mm -hmm. Maybe a couple, right? Yeah. So an eight ounce glass. Starts to add up, doesn't it? Eight ounce glass of orange juice has 24 grams of sugar. And I already knew that and was like, you obviously don't Mm -hmm. cook or do anything like that because- those are the macros for an actual orange juice. Now, it's not, I'm not taking away from what she's saying yeah. there, but I kind of am, right? Stop, you're yeah. you're creating like this, this phobia mm-hmm. around food. So now I can't drink orange juice now. Yes, you can. We like to know that information. So we'll see a video like that. And if that is our proclivity to be nervous about foods and be nervous about the things we're consuming, all of a sudden we have this info to share with all these people as well. Guess what? I know I that the orange juice is bad for you. And it's like, take a pause and listen to what you're saying right now. Like, I understand there's heavily processed food out there. Yeah. But we're talking about a product that says no sugar added. Um, when you look at it, it's like you said, it's pretty, you can use some critical thinking to say, okay, how much sugar is just in one orange if I were to squeeze and make juice? Okay, now I need to fill up a whole thing to match whatever this orange juice container is. And it's probably- Or an eight ounce. Up, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like- Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, read, I came across this account- I, don't want to butcher his name. It's just IDZ, I think, Dr. Ids. Oh, He's yeah, yeah. Based mm-hmm. out of Europe. Yep. I heard about him. He does videos mm-hmm. all the time, just mm-hmm. calling out these food influencers oh. that are scaring and fear mongering people into not trying things, not having, making sure they're, you're picking um, wild caught salmon and not farm raised and like the orange juice stuff. 
and telling people, you know, these people that are out there saying don't, um, don't eat Cheerios, like I was saying earlier, because mm-hmm. there's carcinogens in them. And it's like, yep. yeah, you'd have to eat about 3,000 pounds of Cheerios for it to actually have an effect on A you. gallon of surge. Yeah, yeah. But one thing that I've learned, that I learned in grad school, and which everyone should know this, like mm-hmm. when you're looking at stats, correlation is not causation. Yeah. You need to get that down in your head. Yeah. And most things, when you re- whenever you read these studies, they're not saying this causes that because there's not a lot of definitive evidence to be able to do that. Yeah. Because correlation, because there could be other factors that have that influence. So when they're coming out with these studies, they're just looking at some of the similarities and the commonalities. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you know, there has been studies again, that showed that regular sustained diet consumption has been linked to mm-hmm. weight gain, type 2 diabetes, and increased risk of stroke, among other things. Yeah. Um, and so what's interesting, so, but you can't take that and be like, that's linked to diet Coke just because, I mean, my, my first reaction to that is, well, one thing about some of the diet beverages mm-hmm. and, and the sweeteners is that they aren't satisfying. Yeah. Sugar is satisfying. That's why when you eat a piece of cake, you're full. When you eat some real ice cream, you're just, mm, you know, it's like, man, that was good because yeah. you got real fat and real sugar and everything else. Yeah. Is that stuff good? I'm not saying that it's good. I'm saying it's satisfying. Yep. Sweeteners are not. Yep. That's why they're zero calories. Yep. So what happens when you eat something that's not satisfying? What does it do? And it's sweet. <laughs> you taste it. Yep. You know, oh, I need something else. I'm going to try it because you're trying to fill that. So thinking if people are doing that and they're also, I mean, if you're drinking Diet Coke, maybe you're doing that just because yeah. first off, which is another big issue with these studies, is that why was Diet Coke invented in the first place? As a health, healthy alternative to regular. There you go. Yeah. So how can you have these studies come out? Because for decades, you've been telling people yeah. that you've had all these concerns about, you know, sugar. So this is why you have the diet drinks. Yeah. And now the diet drinks are bad. And you're thinking that stuff is linked to it. Uh-uh. It, there, could, there could be other things, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's actually little evidence that suggests that diet soda is solely responsible for any of those issues. Mm-hmm. I'll say that again for people that are listening, that there's little evidence to show. And so <clears throat> now moving on to this, right, with their announcement on the 14th coming, mm-hmm. when they say possibly carcinogenic, yeah. what does that mean to you? Maybe just to the average consumer or, or just to you? Yeah. Um, I mean, my initial thoughts is just that it's something that's like toxic for us. That's Great. it. Yeah. That, in, that it's going to be a significant danger to mm-hmm. you. Yeah. But um, she was pointing out that her colleague back in 2015 did this deep dive into the mm-hmm. into the WHO and the I, IARC mm-hmm. to determine what these things are. Yeah. These are the things that consumers don't know about and that journalists don't report on. Okay. So there are actually four different categories for how they <laughs> for how they classify car- um, carcinogenic things. Mm-hmm. The four categories. There is group one, which is carcinogenic mm-hmm. all right there is group 2a which is probably carcinogenic okay there is group three um i'm sorry group um 2b which is number three mm-hmm. as possibly carcinogenic and then there's group three which is unclassified okay now what's interesting about this is that really doesn't have anything to do with carcinogenics mm-hmm. um uh, have, you know have anything to do with with, with the carcinogens but how definitive yeah the agency believes uh-huh. that evidence is okay. for any in- level of increased risk. Mm-hmm. So the one that we're talking about 
it's actually very, very small, very tiny. And so, but they're grouping things in there. And so all of a sudden people are changing up all their stuff just because of something that is not really definitive at all. And they are, they aren't definitive. They're just saying possibly, but you have no idea what that means. You just read it's, oh my God, this can possibly cause cancer. Actually, no. Yeah. They're saying that our research is, you know, it's less definitive yeah. about that. Yeah. But, and that's what's reported, but, and that, but that's not reported out. Mm-hmm. And so all of these categories just basically show you just how sure or, or unsure mm-hmm. they are that there is a risk associated with a thing at all. Don't just put that out there because people are going to say, I got to stop doing this. Yeah. Well, now I'm not saying that you should keep on drinking diet soda. I'm thinking that you just have to be a little bit more cautious about why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. This is what even like nutritionists will tell you, even if you're eating like a piece of cake, mm-hmm. you could maybe stop after three, mm-hmm. three bites. Yeah. Why? Because after that, you're just trying to chase that, that high that you had mm-hmm. before yeah. at the very top, you know, that first, you know, that first bite and you can't get that back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you can, you could just stop, you right. know, it's hard too, cause it tastes really good, but you're trying yeah. to chase that, that initial like, mm. Which is why people say it's like the same thing as like a, a drug high yeah. that you're chasing or something like that, because it is, it's satisfying something. Dopamine receptors are going off and you're like, yeah, do yeah. that again. Yeah. Good again. stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> so what this means you all in, for this article is that the actual substance of, of the warning it's about the limited evidence that yeah. those sweeteners have in aiding in weight loss, yeah. mm-hmm. which is completely different than like carcinogenic. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so these type, and so when you look at all these things they're talking about, oh, this could, this would be a cause of heart disease and type two diabetes and premature death and all that. They're just murky correlation, murky, um, murky correlations. Because like you said, they could be involved in other activities yeah. that are not good for their health. Mm-hmm. And you're just seeing that, yeah. which is why you have to just look at stuff like, ah, well, mm-hmm. what do you do? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, and the media is, is to blame somewhat for this. Um, actually, not even somewhat, a lot yeah. for how this stuff kind of spreads. Mm-hmm. I think we talked about this before. Like, I really wish they would actually talk about, like, even just not this stuff, but where the information's coming from, like who commissioned that study yeah. to say that meat was bad? Yeah. Who who commissioned that? <laughs> like seriously, let's like let's go down it. like go down that rabbit hole and see. Yeah. And you know, who did that? Maybe it's some, I don't know, a plant group that's right. all of a sudden. Yeah. But this data could be maybe factual, but it also could be kind of lends itself to like, eh, yeah. was it slanted because of yeah. this angle? It you're doing things that actually support your own cause. Yeah which is, I think is really important. So um, she ended with like this quote that it reminded me of something from the Incredibles. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The first one. And she said like, when everything is, is, is an ambiguously urgent health risk, mm-hmm. nothing is. Mm. Mm. Eventually you kind of feel that way, you know, it kind of cancels out. Yeah. <laughs> so like, what do you do? Yeah. And so, <laughs> um, and I think that's a question that we can we should all like explore. Yeah. The way that I do that myself is that I I tend to have a lot of variety in my diet. Yeah. Not just in what I eat, but how I prepare the foods. Yeah. So I'm just getting a wide variety of nutrients and mm-hmm. things. Um, 
You know, I may not look like a, one of those cover models and mm -hmm. stuff, but I can tell you from, at least from my fat and body scan, it was, it was great. I'm doing something right. Yeah. You can supplement and take certain medications for you and your markers, but mm -hmm. for the most part, just eat a balanced diet, follow a balanced nutrition yeah. plan. Yeah. Don't cook everything in the oven. Don't put everything in the microwave. Don't yep. put everything on the stove. Just eat a variety of things. Mm -hmm. Um, you don't really have to worry about that. Yeah. Some people are predisposed to other things. You mm -hmm. need to eat for that, right? Yeah. Yeah. But just know that else. body types look different, like all sorts of different ways to look. Yeah. And it's the way you're just naturally made. It's the way God made you. Like yeah. <laughs> you don't have to try to achieve to look like someone out there when it's not even physically possible for your body. Yeah, your absolutely. Body type, you know, you're beautiful in your skin. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I was talking to a doctor yesterday. We were going over some of my health markers and my HDL, my cholesterol is just like astronomically high. Mm -hmm. I go down my diet and he's like, yeah, it's one of those things where I think genes are involved yeah. because it's my mom's family. Yeah. Super high. My grandma had disease and things like that. So I do have to take that into consideration. Yeah. And try to, you know, craft my diet around that. But there's nothing that I can do about that. Yeah. And, and maybe take some medication, but yeah. it just, it is what it is. Yeah. Similar with me and like blood pressure, I think. Yeah. Is a hereditary thing. And so it's just like, yeah, diet and exercise is going to help, but that sometimes it's just going to be higher. Yeah. Like, this is going to be, yeah, it's yeah. going to be elevated. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> nothing you can really do about it, but just know that you yeah. got to watch your diet because of that. But it's just always like that. So, yeah. I just found, I wanted to end with this article because as we move forward and I share other articles with Health in the News, yeah. I want us all to be thinking about this article yeah. by Amanda because it just sums up so well the the tragedy of social media when it comes to health, the tragedy of the news yeah. whenever it comes to health mm -hmm. because- like she said, being alive is bad for your health. You can't do this anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was going to get some vitamin D in the sun. No, you can't have it too much, too much vitamin D. Because mm -mm, mm -mm. no. it's possibly. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Carcinogenic. <laughs> no, not the sun. <laughs> Sweet. Well, that wraps up what else in the news this week. Do you feel there's not enough time in your schedule to meal prep? Then I got you, fam. Today's episode is brought to you by the Fit Cook Meals, delicious flavor-packed meals fit for a busy lifestyle. When I started sharing recipes and health tips over 10 years ago, I always wanted to launch a prepared meal service for those needing some extra help keeping in line with wellness goals. So I partnered with registered dietitians and nutrition experts around the country to curate a menu of nutritionally dense meals that fit any style of eating, including low-carb, gluten-free, plant-based, and even Mediterranean. All meals are chef-prepared, not in some huge factory, and they're made in restaurants and commissaries and ghost kitchens in your area so you get the freshest meal experience as possible. Meals are lower sodium so you can season to taste, and most importantly to both you and me, they are flavor-packed. Head over to meals.fitmancook.com to get started with your first set of meals. You receive a discount when you sign up for a weekly subscription. Again, that is meals.fitmancook.com. Now, back to the table. Welcome back to At The Table. Welcome back. All right, Jesse, I'm going to flip it to you. I took up all my time with that last article, so I am <laughs> yielding the floor to you. What's been on your mind? What's been on my mind? I mean, just this travel that we got coming up, honestly. Okay. Um, just, I don't know, man. I feel feel blessed and honored to be able to, to get to go see a part of the world that would have never imagined visiting, and I'm just hopeful and excited for what's to come stories we're going to be able to get to tell and the people we'll be able to meet like yeah 
I don't know, man. I'm I'm just excited. That's Expecting good. a lot of good stuff too. Yeah. And yeah, praying that travel goes well and, <laughs> and no all that stuff, you yeah. know, yeah. I feel like the travel world out there today is so unexpected. Yeah. Yeah, that's good, man. I, I I I share, you know, the excitement and I find myself doing a lot more to prepare for this trip than others. Yeah. Um, I think just because of the moment mm-hmm. that it represents, but also I mean to let people in too, like um, you know, I've talked a lot about like what's next for me mm-hmm. and I can definitely feel and see a change and yeah. what makes me happy. And talking to my dad mm-hmm. like this past week, he he said something that I thought was just really good. You know, he was just praying with me and praying for me. And he just said, like, you need to embrace what is next. Mm-hmm. And if that's not what you're currently doing right mm-hmm. now, then that's not what you're currently doing. Yeah. That's and good. so just giving myself permission to do that. And yeah. so, um, I, I share that sense of excitement because I think that it's it's in the doing yeah. things yeah. that clarity is revealed, that pathways are revealed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's good, man. Yeah, and I don't think I have a rant on anything really this week. Just, just excited and expectant for what's to come. So mental health check-in. I've got a little something for mental health check-in. Okay. All right. What you got? There was this article, y'all. I'm going to share it on my on my threads. Hey, yeah, my Instagram thread. <laughs> oh, wait, is it, is it Instagram? <laughs> it's meta threads or just threads. Just threads, right? Yeah, just threads. Yeah. I'm going to share it on my threads. But um, I thought this was really good. It's um, five tips for checking in with loved ones struggling with their mental health. Yeah. It's on Mind, Body, Green. Um, and this one is by Hannah Fry. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the way you say it. M-R-Y-E, Fry. Um, and it resonated with me because I'm like, ooh, this needs to be. I wish I could just put this up and just here you go yeah um so there are five tips for checking in Mm -hmm. first one is phone call first text second and sometimes people may not want to talk and so when you Mm -hmm. call them and they don't pick up that's fine just text and don't send something like which so glad she said this checking in on you i hate hate those texts hate it hate it yeah Family and friends, if you're hearing that right now, I hate it. I hate those. <laughs> Absolutely hate them. <laughs> the world, no. Yes. <laughs> um, because there's so much to respond to or whatnot, or they just, yeah. it's just, yeah. like, there is just, just a lot. There's just so, there's it's just loaded, yeah. you know? Um, and actually, in this article, if you scroll to the bottom, they have some text that you can send. That's cool. You can practice. So yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, the second one is to avoid yes or no questions. So instead of the, how are you? Mm-hmm. I highly agree because mm-hmm. what people will do when they want to check in, especially people that like pat themselves in the back, well, I, I checked in okay. like that, but they'll say, how you doing? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, they'll expect you to write something yeah. like really long. Yeah. And then they'll say, all right, cool. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, yeah. so they checked off their little box of response. Yeah. Checking and in and. And that's why they that's stay it. on red sometimes. I'm like, this is, tell me how you doing. Uh, you you tell me how you do, you know what I mean? Anyway, but here, here's some of the questions that they said. What was the highlight of your day? What did you do over the weekend? What's on your calendar for the week? Hmm. What's been on your mind lately? Yeah. Those are really good questions yeah. to ask. Well, it's a, conversational, right? Yeah. yeah. And, it, and it eases into the conversation about like, yeah. what's been up with you? Yep. But don't start out with that. Okay. <laughs> reiterate number three is reiterate that you're happy to help yeah um and so don't see i mean this is kind of captain obvious but don't say something like i'm going out of my way to do this or i'm not sure i can make that work um i'm happy to help i'm just here for you 
Yeah. Um, I care about you and it's worth it. One thing that I've done too, especially when people are going through something, yeah. um, and they'll, you know, they don't want to ask for help. Mm-hmm. I'll just say, Hey, I'm headed to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Um, wh- what can I grab for you while I'm there? Yep. And then that's just a better, so that way they don't think they're being like an inconvenience to me. And oftentimes, sometimes when I'm saying that I'm not even at the grocery store yet, just saying it, I'm just saying it. So that way they can let me know. It's a softer approach, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just to, yeah. And that just shows that, hey, I can swing by too. I'm already here. Yeah. I have to go there anyway. So tell me what I can, you know, grab for you. Perfect. And people will suddenly, and I get a lot more response that way. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, appreciate that. If you could just do this. I say, all right, cool. I got it. I'll put it right now on the cart. Yeah. And I'll go to the store and then I'll go to the store and get it. Yep. Easy enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I care about you and it's worth it is another thing you could say. Yeah. Um, number four, someone's going to get their feelings hurt with this, but um, don't make it about yourself. <laughs> oh, um, good. <laughs> so. <laughs> that's real good. So we need to hear this. You start opening up only for the person to kind of turn it around and begin to talk about the things that are going on with them. There are people in my life that I don't ever bring up anything personal for that very reason, because there will be no listening. There will be no empathy. It will just be them talking about a problem that is somehow worse. Like it's some weird competition to say like, my problems are worse than yours. And it's like, okay, well, there was no point in this. You're not a safe person to talk to anymore. (laughs) So let that that, pay you off. Let that be a... (laughs) Word of encouragement for somewhere out there, someone out there. Don't tell your stuff to just anybody. Yeah. And if you listen and you got your feelings hurt by what Jesse said, he's definitely talking to you then. Yeah. And I'm not talking about <laughs> my great. wife either. Oh, just, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Put that out there. Yeah. <laughs> She'll end up on Instagram with one of them poems about you. Abby, <laughs> Abby's a writer. She'll... Yep. Me going and get you. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Yeah. So this article says it's not about always finding the right words, mm-hmm. but more about communicating yeah. um, a spirit of cons- care and concern. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I just think that's the most important thing. I feel like people that have kind of been through something or there's people that struggle with like depression and anxiety. I think yeah. they're a little bit better yeah. at that because they understand like how that feels. Yeah. And so, yeah, it you don't always have to have an answer for yeah. something. You can mm-hmm. just, just listen. The goal, he says, or the author says, is just to generally help. So that way they feel less alone. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, they said, if your friend or loved one asks you if you have any advice or if you can relate to them, then you can share your experience. Yeah. But just doing that, like I had someone do that out of the blue recently and just trying to catch up with a friend and just let them know like what was going on. And it really became just, it was a whole thing about them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oof, can't wait to get off this call. Yeah. Um, and I was just calling just that way the friend wouldn't feel that something, you know, that something else was going on. I was like, oh, I just got, I'm pretty stressed out about this. And then it totally turned around to be about them. And it was, it was very odd. Um, but like you said, it's just like, yeah, there you go. Good. All right. Number five is to avoid blanket statements. Mm -hmm. Um, Tell this one to the faith community out there. Oh, that's what you just said. That's the first yeah, one yeah, on here. Yeah. That was the first one on They're here. The king of blanket statements. He said the first thing is like avoid surface level blanket responses such as I'm praying for you. Uh-huh. I'm keeping you in my thoughts. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, of course, these statements are better than nothing, but probably the most, but not the most effective way to really connect with people. Yeah. So instead, instead ask things like, how can I support you through this? Yeah. Which is a great question. Yeah. 
Um, and yeah, I feel like for me personally, I just, I don't want people's lives to feel like inconvenienced by something I'm going through. Yeah. Like I just would rather them continue life as normal. Like mm-hmm. let's go do the thing we were planning to do. Like let's go just continue our normal friendship mm-hmm. and then just kind of naturally let the conversations happen. You know, that's good. Not, Hey, let's make a designated date to go talk about this specific thing. It's like, okay, it's a lot of pressure. Like, yes, I don't know how much I want to tell you. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, for real. Yeah. <laughs> Just creating it. Sometimes the best conversations are when you say nothing at all. Mm-hmm. I love those conversations. I love those people. And yeah. in fact, I've got a, I've got a handful of those people in my life and that's why they're in my life. Like mm-hmm. I don't have to say anything. I can just be, mm-hmm. and it's easy. It's nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. It said, this approach is a much more compassionate and actionable, and it leaves room for someone to ask for help mm-hmm. and the support that they need that'll truly help them to, to cope. Yeah. So I thought those five things, phone call first, text second, avoid yes or no questions, reiterate that you're happy to help, don't make it about yourself, and avoid blanket statements. Yeah. It's a great article. Mindbodygreen.com. Mindbodygreen.com, y'all. It's um, five tips for checking in with your loved ones struggling with their mental health. Got to throw those on that threads. Yeah, I'm going to throw them on yeah. threads. So, <laughs> I wonder if the article pops up when I do that. It'd be cool if you could link it and it would post it. Let's try know. right now. Yeah. All right. It posted. Boom. Hey, I think you're my first follow on threads. Yeah? Yeah. I guess. I was like... <laughs> I started to say, like, because you can import all your followers on yeah. threads. And I was like... No, I ain't gonna do that. I don't want to do that. Let me see. Let me see who's gonna make the lessons. Not yeah. Let everyone follow. <laughs> um, but cool, man. Cheers to an amazing week. Cheers to y'all listening. Yeah. And next time you will hear from us, we will be abroad, and we're gonna have our first abroad episode. Yeah. So it's follow go. along. Cheers. Cheers, man. Thank you for listening to At the Table. Remember, you can catch up and watch full episodes on YouTube on the Fit Men Cook channel. And if you enjoy the podcast, please consider giving us a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening on. In the meantime, be kind to yourself, to each other, and break bread. See you next week.